Broadcasting from the Pattersons, in the land of what sounds F.V., and in the land of him who cannot be named, this is the Campus Church Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Thurl. This is episode 38, Effectiveness and Ali's Humility. Knowing that the harvest might well come before the bloom. He runs on his way, there's no time to be going. Welcome everybody to the Campus Reach Podcast, a podcast designed to encourage and equip you in the work of evangelism on the FLFnetwork.com. FLF Network, Fight, Laugh, Feast. Uh, I am the Campus Reacher. My name is Keith Darrell. This is episode 38. We're just going to be discussing the effectiveness of my evangelism, as well as an interaction I had with a young man named Ali, who uh, demonstrated great humility. And I'm going to play that clip. I'm going to try to clarify a few things. Uh, It's funny to, as I think I mentioned every week, to re-listen to it because uh, there are plenty of things that you can do better in that conversation. Uh, But before I get into that, I am up in Moscow, Idaho, the land of Doug Wilson and the land of the Federal Vision, apparently, if the World Wide Web has any say about it. So I've been up here for a couple days. Um, It's been pretty nice. I've been able to Uh, see some people. I've been able to speak at CRF, which is the Collegiate Ministry of Trinity Reformed Church and Christ Church here in Moscow. I was also able to be on the um, Cross Politic over the weekend, and Zach in Tucson claimed I was low energy on it. He's going all Trump on me. Uh, If I ever come through Tucson, I'll have to hit the bees, get a $1 margarita, maybe some 25-cent wings, and uh, we'll have to discuss whether or not I'm low energy or not. But apparently, I was low energy. Uh, But... uh, let it be known that that was recorded at a time where I was uh, unsure of the state of my Cleveland Browns. And since they have won and they are victorious and we're now sitting at like three and six with a chance of going 10 and six, we'll run the table, go 10 and six. And so maybe each week I'll have a little more juice than the previous week as my Browns uh, go on a winning streak. Um, But uh, until then, uh, I'll try to bring the energy on campus and here on the uh, Campus Reach podcast. So uh, this week we're going to be looking at uh, two clips, um, both from the same day. And it was the still from Monday where that guy was preaching. I was able to get into smaller interactions off on the side with uh, some students. And uh, the, the first one's just going to be really, really brief. It was just a young man coming up to me thanking me for being on campus the previous semester and how the discussion of relativism really impacted him. And he doesn't really go into any details just a uh, simple encouragement. And part of the reason of playing this is uh, the reality, You don't, I don't know what's going on half the time. So people always ask me, is this effective? And to be honest with you, sometimes you're like, well, what's your definition of effectiveness? Like if it's immediate conversions, it's not the most effective thing in the world. Um, but if, going back to Paul's words, one man sows, one water, God gives the increase, you see it as a farming, or as I usually describe it on campus, as a movie, um, I think it's greatly effective because what you end up seeing is the long-term fruit from it. It's not always immediate. Um, it's me sowing one semester, Christians coming along, watering, and then maybe reaping the following semester. So it's never a, uh, it's very rarely a kind of a one and done type of thing, but it's a bit more like a war. You go into war, some people drop bombs, then you have foot soldiers come in and medics and all that sort of stuff. So if it's seen as part of a greater war um, and a greater uh, movie, then you can say, yes, this is effective. If you're always looking at the immediate implications um, or at least what you're perceiving, uh, it can be perceived as not being very effective. Um, But again, this is a very brief clip, but I just think it uh, it was an encouragement to me just because 
um, to hear this back. And even this guy said, I was hoping I would see you again so I could shake your hand. So anyway, that's this clip. I just want to say real quick, I remember you were here last semester uh -huh. and did the cultural relativism. Yeah, uh-huh. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah, well, big, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, well, I appreciate it. It's very, very kind of you to come up and say something. I appreciate it. I was, I was just always hoping to see you again, so I'd shake your hand. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I'd hope to come out and speak again, but he beat me to the punch. So I'm going to let him do his thing. I'll just sit here on the side. So, and what's your name? Spencer. Spencer, nice to meet you, man. God bless you. Thanks for saying hi. I appreciate it. So again, like I said, it was very brief. Uh, there wasn't tons uh, that he told me. Didn't tell me how it impacted him. Just said that it did. And so that's encouragement. So hopefully he is uh, seeking the truth because um, ultimately that's what he needs to know. And if the discussion of relativism got him thinking along those lines and his trajectory of truth, then I am thankful to God for that. And thinking of truth, here's a young man named Ali. And what's really fascinating is he started off a Muslim, as the name might suggest. Then he went agnostic and he is currently... Uh, identifies as a Mormon, but I believe that he's really seeking the truth. So I was sitting there and he came up, started asking me questions. And um, there are several things in here that I just really wish I would have developed better. So he kind of asked me where the Holy Spirit was. So if you're a Mormon, you kind of believe it is present in the Mormon church. If you're a Roman Catholic, you can say it's in the Catholic church. If you're Eastern Orthodox, you can say it's in the Eastern Orthodox church. But if you're a Protestant, where do you say that the Holy Spirit is? We say that it dwells individuals, but is there a corporate identity to the Holy Spirit as well? And what I believe the Reformation taught us is that it's where the word is preached and the sacraments are rightly administered and maybe where there is church discipline as well, depending on kind of what reform you looked at. And so I wish I would have developed those things a little bit more. But again, many of these conversations are with people who kind of know practically next to nothing. And so sometimes I'm just trying to introduce them to ideas. And so as, as you will listen and see here, um, my explanation and suggestion to... Um, Ali regarding the Trinity, I think, is, is pretty bad. Um, but one of the difficulties in any discussion I've ever had with a Muslim is trying to describe the doctrine of the Trinity without them thinking it's polytheistic. But in this instance, um, to go from monotheism uh, in his Islam, as Ali did, to Mormonism, he actually went to polytheism. And so if you think that Christianity is polytheistic, as an Orthodox Muslim would think, and you end up being persuaded of listening to a Muslim, or listening to a Mormon rather, it would not be surprising that you would turn to polytheism if you end up kind of thinking that it was true. And what's interesting here is one of the doctrines that appeals to him is the doctrine of the atonement. So anyway, this is my interaction with him, and it's, it's not the longest interaction. And what I'm mainly seeking to do here is since I'm dealing with a young man who's humble, what I'm seeking to do is encourage him to continue to seek the truth, because I don't believe that me in this context is going to be able to lay out the doctrine of the Trinity um, perhaps to his satisfaction and do a bunch of things that need to be done. And this is this is one of the places where I do think there's a shortcoming to open-air preaching because people who are confused on a lot of ideas where there is language barriers and things like that, um, there are Christian doctrines that are hard to explain in that context. So I'm mainly concerned in this conversation in encouraging him to continue to seek the truth and um, he says that the truth is worth it. So this is that dialogue. How you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm well, I'm Keith. Ali. Ali, nice to meet, meet you. Yeah. God's kingdom, how, how do you think that would happen? Um, well, I think ultimately it will come when Jesus returns. Um, so Jesus will, will return one day. He was crucified. He was yeah. dead, buried. He was resurrected. He ascended into heaven, and he will return from heaven to establish the kingdom. Um, but I would say the kingdom of God's present where the Holy Spirit is. And so nowadays, if you have the Holy Spirit today, the kingdom of God is within you. And so I believe the, the, I believe the kingdom of God is currently present.
there any church working on that? Like, is there like, uh, do you think uh, churches like you know, Mormon church, the Catholic church? Uh, well, I, would, I would say, I would say, Protestant. Uh, you know, some some Catholic church, but I would say, I would say Protestant, the Protestant church. Uh, I'm a Presbyterian. Uh, and so I would say our church is working on it. The Baptist church is working on it. So it's kind of like um, if you take the United States, we have a bunch of different states. We have 50 states making up the United States. And so, but we're all working for the United States. And so I would say, unfortunately, we, we have a split church right now between the like Baptists and Presbyterians. And unfortunately, we have split churches. Uh, but I would say that in most respects, I'm, I'm still able to have unity with other churches that are working towards the kingdom of God. So, so yeah, wherever, wherever Jesus confessed as Lord, and that he was resurrected, I believe that the Spirit of God is present, so. So mainly that you know, function in a, in a spiritual way. You know, yeah. Amen, yeah. So it's not primarily a political thing, me taking power, although I do think that the Holy Spirit will woo the nations one day, that all nations will acknowledge him as, as King and Lord, so, yeah. And what do you think about the, the LDS church, the Roman church, uh, uh, Church buildings, institutes, and temples, and yeah. all, all over the world. And I would say the Mormons are wrong, to be blunt. And, uh, Mormons are wrong. I see. Yeah, uh, because Joseph Smith, I don't believe that Joseph, Joseph Smith, Smith yeah. Right. So Joseph Smith had this idea that he restored the church, that the church was missing for 1,800 years until yeah. he came along, and then he restored it. He had special revelation from God, and he restored the church. And I would reject that idea that, that he was a prophet that restored it. So Jesus is the Son of God. And as the Son of God, he was the last revelation. So we don't need more prophets to come. So, so I would reject Joseph Smith, um, uh, and I would re reject Mormonism from that. So, are you a Mormon? Yes, I am. Okay. Actually, but I, but it's, it's been like a weird journey for me. I okay. was a Muslim, yeah. and uh -huh. I was agnostic. Okay. Was, yeah. yeah. So, so I would, uh, you know, I, I, I don't expect to persuade you uh, in one day, perhaps. Um, but I would say that uh, I would ask you to look, just look at the history of it and ask yourself: Is oh, Joseph yeah. Smith? Is Joseph oh, yeah. Smith a part? I'm not denying you had a burning in your bosom. I'm not denying whether or not you had a burning, um, but whether or not that is a determining factor of the truth or not. And so, um, so in some ways, uh, you cannot have Islam or Mormonism without Christianity. So both of them are kind of a, oh, yeah. a, a, a an offshoot of, of Christianity. Yeah. So without Jesus. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so Jesus, oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, so Jesus is is the uh, is the Son of God, and uh, the Mormons, the Mormons. See, you're you're right. See, so you're right as a Muslim that there's only one God. Okay, so, so your monotheism in the context of Islam was right. Okay, um, but where you erred in Islam is that you had a hard Unitarian that the that the Father had no Son or no Holy Spirit, and so your Islam was right in monotheism, but then. Uh, Mormonism errs in that they believe that God was like you and me at one point and climbed the spiritual stepladder then had children. And so what you want to do is you want to keep... Hi there, how you doing? You doing okay? Yes, sir. Right. Doing great. Yeah. Are you, are you I'm not, no association, okay. no association, right. yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> caught, caught in a crossfire, caught in a crossfire, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, so it is, you know, fair enough. Thanks, guys. Um, so it's, um, so yeah, so I would say you want to keep you want to keep the monotheism of your Islam with the diversity in a sense that you in a sense that you get from from Mormonism that gives you orthodox Christianity in a sense um, and so yeah like I, I would say that uh, I'm, I'm you know I don't believe Muhammad was a prophet Jesus is the last one Muhammad's not a prophet nor is Joseph Smith Jesus is, is the Son of God that's all you need yeah. what do you think mainly about Joseph Smith that does not make a prophet um, well, I would say he contradicts previous revelations so 
same way I know Muhammad's not a prophet. The way Muhammad's not a prophet is uh, Muhammad comes along and says, believe Torah, believe the Injil. And so Muhammad says to believe those things, and yet Muhammad contradict those things. Yeah. So, so if I say, believe the Constitution, then I say, no free speech, no right to bear arms, yeah. you'd be like, you're, contra you're contradicting it. But then, but then Muhammad uh, denied the uh, atonement, the yeah. crucifixion. Yes. So that, this, is, this is where I disagree with him. But then Joseph Smith did not. Actually, Joseph Smith's mission was to testify to Jesus Christ. That's what he said. Uh, so. But he makes God a created being like you and me. At one point, the God of this cosmos was like you and me, and then he climbed up the spiritual stepladder and had spiritual children. So, so, so there's actually, it's actually a polytheistic religion. If you get to the roots of it, and one day you can be a God with your own planet, with your own children, with your own spiritual babies. Yeah, kind of similar to a Buddhism in that kind of sense, in the sense, uh, well, in, I think, the, in the sense of ascension, well, maybe not necessarily, but yeah, ascension. Yeah, so I, I would say that those are the, and, and so I would say that Joseph Smith claiming to restore the true church actually contradicts the prophets, contradicts Moses, contradicts Jesus. Um, but, I, I, you know, but they say a lot of things that are very close to what I believe. Um, so they'll talk about Jesus, they'll talk about him being the son of God, they'll talk about atoning sacrifices. Um, so we're, we're, we say a lot of the same language that are very, very close, but I would say that they're, they're filled with different content. So, but you're humble, you're kind, and I believe that Yahweh will reveal himself to you. You're very gracious. And God opposed the proud, he gives grace to the humble. So God will give grace to you. You're very humble, Ali. Yeah, yeah you are. And if, if more men were like you, we'd be in much better shape. You're very humble. So I know, I mean, uh, I think for me, it's been, uh, it's been kind of uh, an interesting journey in searching for the truth. Mm -hmm. I thought, uh, I think that finding Jesus, you know, coming to the earth and knowing uh, more about Jesus, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I agree. You gotta you just gotta fill out who Jesus is. Yeah. So, so and, and here's the thing: you may you may actually already be a Christian. All right. From this standpoint, I had a friend of mine who asked a woman out on a date. She was a Mormon. He was a Christian. And on the date, as they were talking, um, he was like, she she says she ends up saying that she's a Mormon. She's and he's like, well, then we can't date because you're we have different beliefs about blah blah blah. And as they spoke more, she actually called her brother on the date and said, hey, and he says we believe this. Do we believe that? And he goes, yes, we do, but don't tell him that. And so, so, and she, they're now married. And so she was, she was already a believer. So, so I believe that God is working on you. God is calling you. Uh, your humility will be rewarded. And uh, the Bible says that he rewards those who seek him and you're seeking him. So it will be rewarded. So I have confidence that you'll, you'll, you'll leave the Mormon church and you'll serve the living God. Um, but yeah, that, that's where I'm coming. That's where I'm coming from. Okay. I think the truth is worth it. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for being out here. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. Honestly, thank you for your humility and your kindness. Like, you're wonderful. And so, so, so it's greatly appreciated. So continue to seek the truth. And if you ever have any questions, if you just say Ali at Oklahoma State, uh -huh. you, can, you can email me. There's a little contact form on that page, Campus Preacher. So, and you can, you can message me if you say Ali from Oklahoma State, I'll remember who you are. Awesome. Alrighty. Thanks. God bless you. Take care. So that was my brief interaction with Ali, and the main point implying that is I was trying to encourage him to seek the truth, uh, plant some seeds with respect to what the nature of the truth is, that he would have to leave um, the Mormon church, that he has to flesh out who Jesus is uh, more. Um, but I also wanted to encourage him um, from the standpoint that he was humble, and I do believe that God opposed the proud, he gives grace to the humble. I do believe that Ali's humility um, before Yahweh and his seeking of the truth. Uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that he rewards those who seek him. And we should not be afraid to tell people that. I feel like oftentimes in the Reformed world, we're afraid to tell people that uh, God rewards those who seek him. 
as if it's some becomes some merit-based system but we have to be free to tell people uh, what the word teaches and also uh, with respect to his humility that god opposed the proud but he does give grace to the humble and i do believe that he would give uh, grace to ali as he continues to humble himself and seek the truth and so i realize everything in there uh, some people may not agree with and uh, i even are going to agree that the trying to uh, you know broad categories of the trinity for him try to get him unity and diversity try to get him those both both those categories uh definitely not the best explanation um but those are the sorts of conversations that take place and that you're trying to tease things out and when you're having six seven minute conversations sometimes you're not able to uh obviously go through a systematic theology with somebody so it's it's largely uh seeking to plant seeds and just the fact that he'd come to me and be willing to discuss it i believe is indicative of somebody seeking the truth. So that's episode of uh, this episode of the Campus Church Podcast. I do expect a few more corrections, rebukes, comments, and demands, and training in righteousness, whatever else uh, that is going on in there. And uh, so feel free to contact me, Keith, at campusreacher.com or on the Twitter, Campus Evangel, um, on Facebook, Keith Thurl, and then, uh, what is it, Instagram, uh, Campus Preacher. So feel free to reach out to me and any of those. If you do uh, seriously have any questions, comments, demands, rebukes, exhortations regarding anything I said, feel free to reach out to me to discuss those things. I'll gladly interact with you on them and uh, we'll go from there. So Lord bless you. Keep you. We'll talk to you next week. On his way, there's no time to be going slow. Hurry, take what you've got, do with it what you can. Cause the good God in heaven needs us, so we're in the land.